Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. I am the girlfriend, Cindy. I am not the girlfriend. Josh. He never knows what to say at that. I'm the presumptive murderer. He is the one who loves all things horror, and I am the one who is still trying to understand it. And each month, we uh, pick a category and watch a movie a week. This month for March, what have we? Uh, what have Lovecraft. you said? Lovecraft. H- the films. The uh, films. The adaptations of H.P. Lovecraft's work. Okay. Boom, so we're not going to watch H.P. Lovecraft because he was a horrible racist. Well, he also died before I think films were really a But he, thing. okay. Yeah. No, I mean, okay, let's just, you know, you've already started unpacking it, so let's just go down this road. Let's do this. I'm seat buckling so, in. We live in 2021. Mm-hmm. H.P. Lovecraft lived, um... I wrote his dates down. They he lived doo, 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 from eighteen ninety to nineteen thirty-seven. Okay, he was um, n- not a very low-key racist. Mm-hmm. He got a little bit better as he got older and mm-hmm. was a little more traveled. And I'm not trying to make excuses for him. Like it, it's that thing of like how much belongs to the era he grew up in. How much was him just being a piece of shit, and how much you know, versus yeah, I mean, created you had, a whole mm. genre of horror that's actually, like, maybe my favorite subgenre of Just because you like monsters. So... It's a lot to unpack. When I think of H.P. Lovecraft, I think of other than the racism. But it, going with that, you know, the historian in me understands that modern psychoanalysis of the day truly believed in the the oid, you know, the four categories of man and, you know, there were inherent things based on race. I I understand that. I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, <laughs> and we're not going to pretend that H.P. Lovecraft is not problematic and he was not racist and not kind of a dickhead, but fortunately he didn't make any movies. Okay. So a lot of his stuff, like the movie we're talking about today from Beyond, was actually made by Stuart Gordon, who we love, who made dolls. Yeah. And he was just inspired by Stuart this. Gordon took a seven page story and turned it into a full length movie. All right. Like he so, basically was like he took the opening, he he made the the story from the opening of the Well, I'm sorry. He he made the opening of the story from the seven page story and then he expanded on it from there. Alright. So So when I think of H.P. Lovecraft, I think of the inherent racism and monsters. But you're saying there's an entire kind of subgenre and there are other roles that go into kind of making it a Lovecraft movie. Lovecraft made cosmic horror. It didn't really exist before him. And we talked a little bit about it with The Void because The Void is very much a Lovecraftian movie, albeit one that we talked about being pieced together from several other Lovecraftian (laughs) movies. Um, So the idea of like elder gods or these things from space that are so beyond our understanding that even looking upon them can drive us crazy or being around them can fundamentally alter our DNA because we're comparatively like weak to them and and mentally, physically, spiritually, all that. Um, Worlds beyond worlds and they're all terrifying and everything out in space (laughs) is essentially older and scarier than we will ever be and is going to kill us. That's very Lovecraftian. Okay. Um, 
Like, well, that sounds great. And the thing is, Lovecraftian ideas are what gave us John Carpenter's A Thing, which is my favorite scary movie of all time. The Alien franchise, which are some of my all-time favorite movies. Okay. Those are Lovecraftian. Like, so when... So, I love... <laughs> when the movies that yeah. we've watched that you've said, oh, this is a Lovecraft movie. Obviously, last week we wrapped up the month with... Um, the, not the Cube. The, the Void. The Void. That was very Lovecraftian. Um, the end of The Mist during Stephen King month. All of The Mist is very Lovecraftian. Very Lovecraftian. Yeah. Okay. So I, I do kind of... Okay, I'm seeing the kind of the theme, the pattern yeah. here. So what are we watching this week? Um, we're doing From Beyond. All the, right. Uh, the Stuart Gordon film. What year? So this was released... If it's a guy from Dolls, was it the 80s? October 24th, 1986. Heck yeah. It is rated R. Have we done 86? I think we've danced around it, it but I don't know if we've done it. one hour and 25 Guys, minutes. Guys, I love it. Yeah. And I love it. You're going to, I think you're really going to love this movie, but we'll talk about that more in a minute. So you said 1986. Let's talk about 1986. I was six going on seven. Uh, I was four. Yeah, it was four. Okay. When this movie came out. Um, so what happened in 1986? What happened? The Challenger explosion occurred, which my best friend from elementary and high school, Matt Pryor, his sister Rebecca Pryor, was born on that day. The Ooh, same wow. day the Challenger explosion happened. So every time I forever have them linked in my head. Um, mm. Yeah, Pixar was founded. Really, I didn't know it was that old. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Soviet Union. Was founded the Mir space station into space. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Chernobyl disaster occurred. That was a thing. Damn. Also an awesome miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hands Across America. Do you want to sing the song? Hands Across America. Nope. nope. <laughs> uh, Phantom of the Opera opened in London. Man, my family. We, not only was it my family, everybody went through a pretty hard... Phantom of the Opera phase at some point. Yeah, um, I can safely say no one in my family <laughs> anything stage play like that was never in our wheelhouse. Yeah, and I'm not downplaying it. I'm not, uh, yeah, you know, it's just that was not who our. But family you was. did have favorite scary horror movies. My mom was like, you know, let's watch Pumpkinhead. Not there like let's go to the theater. It was like let's go watch Pumpkinhead. Yeah, uh, there's so something to be said for both worlds. Aliens, uh, people that were born that year, Lady Gaga. Nice. Robert Pattinson and Drake. Very old. Uh, people that died that year. Frank Herbert, James Cagney, Cary Grant, and Andre Tarkovsky, the Russian filmmaker that I adore. But you, because, yeah. Um, a hipster piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and New Words of 1986. This will let you know where we're at in the zeitgeist. Let's go. Crackhead. Yep. Oh, we're, the war on drugs has begun. Thank you, Yay. Nancy Reagan, and your astrologer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, this movie was directed by Stuart Gordon, who did Dolls. It was also co-adapted from the H.P. Lovecraft story by him. Who? Um, he did Reanimator, Dagon, Dolls. I like that name. Stuart Gordon's kind of fucking awesome, and we lost him a couple years ago, and it, it makes me really sad that I never got to meet him. Mm. Um that made me sad. Yeah, this movie was co-adapted and written by Dennis Paoli, who also wrote Reanimator, uh, Castle Freak, and Dagon for Stuart Gordon. All right. There's going to be a lot of people that uh, repeats. Stuart Gordon worked with once, and they would do anything for him. 
Like he worked with. He the was same a good guy. He was a stand-up over guy. And over like people fucking love Stuart Gordon. That's good. Um, and it's also co-adapted and produced by Brian Usna, who produced Reanimator and Dolls, and directed Bride of Reanimator and Society. And I say this every single time. Yes, we will one hundred percent watch Society on this podcast. It's haven't point. yet. Um, because that movie is fucking crazy, and I want to see Cindy's reaction to the end Damn of it. it. Who is in this movie? Anybody um, I would know? Anybody who would yeah, go on oh, to great things? Yeah, there's a lot of people in this movie. Oh, there okay, more. cool. But before I get there, I was going to say this movie, like I said, is based on a short story by H.P. Oh, Lovecraft. Right. So, there you go. Same title? Um, I think... No, I think it's a different title. But I'll look it up. All right, we'll have gonna, the second half. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll read the seven pages before we do the back half. Ooh, okay. How about that? Ooh. So, it stars Jeffrey Combs... As Crawford Tilling Tillingast, like that name. Yeah, he was Herbert Weston Reanimator, and that's all that matters ever because I fucking love both oh, of these movies. Okay, so I kind of know what yeah, he looks like. He's the like. star of Reanimator. Um, Where's your Reanimator figurine? I thought it was on somewhere that. signed by him. Uh, he was super nice to meet in real life. Fun fact. You need to um, unbox more stuff. I know you have. If we're talking about great loves of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And you know we are. Uh, Barbara Crampton plays Dr. Catherine McMichaels. That name sounds familiar. I have had a crush on her since I was in maybe early, like, preteen. Okay. Um, <laughs> she was Megan Halsey in Reanimator. She's Aubrey in Your Next. She was Susie in Chopping Mall. Nice. I know she these people. She was in The Young and the Restless. She was on Days of Our Lives. She had horrible camel toe in Chopping Mall. Bless Barbara her Crampton's heart. been out there killing it forever Mm -hmm. we love her always um she was one of the scream queens isn't that what they say yeah Uh, isn't that what the kids call it ken for e's in this ken for e no for thee yeah he's bubba brownlee okay he was peter in dawn of the dead oh okay yeah um (laughs) this it can't be a Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart Gordon movie without his wife showing up in something. All right, so she? Carolyn Purdy Gordon plays Doctor Block. She, know she her wore as, the turban. Yeah, in Rosemary Dolls. from Dolls. Yes, and Ted Sorrell plays Doctor Edward Pretorius. 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 Okay. Yep. There you go. All right. I don't know any of them. Well, I mean, I guess I would recognize them when I see them because I know. You know, the one lady wore the turban, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, let me see a poster. Let me try and tell you. Let me use my psychic abilities. I've been pretty spot on recently. That was kind of proud of me. From beyond. Okay, so we've got a man's face, like, being blown slash melted off. Humans are such easy prey. I'm just going to say that the full-length... James Dream Davis poster on the wall is a much better poster. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say that it is <laughs> um, a man gets a house and it's a portal to hell and it sucks people's skin off. And okay. <laughs> people just live through it. All right. And you can't explain, like, what happened? It came from beyond. No? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's find out. Okay. Let's go watch this thing. Okay, how can we watch it? Uh, I've got the Scream Factory Blu-ray. It's got to be on Prime, though. Okay, well, let's go. All right.
<laughs> Mind the doors. Every journey begins in the mind. <laughs> A flight of imagination. A vision of what might lie across the universe. Or within the deepest regions of the subconscious. Dr. Edward Pretorius is about to embark on such a journey. <laughs> it's out of control. You've got to turn it off. Something's coming. <laughs> Humans are such easy prey. From the makers of Reanimator, from beyond. Hey, welcome back from From Beyond. From Beyond. This is it, movie is... Is the official title H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond, or is it just From Beyond? I think it's just From Beyond. I know it's. Uh, I know for a fact it's H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator, mm-hmm. but I think this is just From Beyond. This movie is... Fucked up. Super fucking weird, and I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little bit of background information. I partially grew up in a house that had an entire room that looked like the attic of um did it have a resonator in it that opened you know, it portals to, well, not no. really portals but just allowed <laughs> beings from other dimensions no. to be visible to you no but there was a corner about the size of this corner here like from where that dresser is around that we weren't allowed to touch because it was sixteen thousand volts mm. <laughs> we weren't allowed to touch it and my grandfather was a shortwave radio expert and um to the point that when he passed away, he had already taken down most of his... We hauled at the shack. He had already taken down most of it, but when he passed away, my, my mom had to um, ask some uh, other ham radio guys to come take stuff apart. She was like, I have no idea. I'm probably going to electrocute myself. Could you guys come do this so I don't die? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So That's... there were definitely pieces of um, the lab in this movie that I was like, hey, I know what that does, and it's not that. Yeah, it's also not the only thing you have in common with Between Your Child and Home in this movie. Mm-hmm. What A else? large former NFL player was also murdered by bees in your grandparents' <laughs> attic as well. That's a thing. Shh, we don't talk about what happened to Donovan McNabb, Josh. We don't uh, talk about it. Uh, anywho, Donovan McNabb is still alive, as far as you know. Fair. Okay, so welcome back. So this movie was about uh, okay, uh, an evil scientist <laughs> yes, discovers a way to uh, live forever. However, it turns you into a hideous monster that has a little wiener thing that comes out of your forehead. And... pineal gland. (laughs) Whatever. And in order to have the person, the only other person who saw it happen, be able to tell what happened, they, the psychiatrist and a cop go with them back to the scene. And then they accidentally recreate it. And then they just keep recreating it. And it opens up a portal between the monster insect world and ours. Very much, very much like uh, Hellraiser, if I'm being honest with you. (laughs) I enjoy how Hellraiser has played such a key part of your horror movie love that you always feel like, it's a little Hellraiser in there. Well, which came first? Let me ask that. I believe... Like, I know, obviously, H.P. Lovecraft came first, but we talked about... So that this is... um, In the front half, we talked how this was based on a very short 
work by H.P. Lovecraft. What H.P. wrote is like the first five minutes of the movie. It's not exactly the first five minutes, but because the doctor character, it's been a long time since I've read it, but if I remember correctly... There are two people in the whole short story, and it's Crawford Tillinghast. Okay. Uh, which is the main character. The person who witnessed yeah. the first time that the scientist... Um, uh, Jeffrey Combs' character. And then the other... And isn't the doc- the character Dr. Pretorius or something? Yeah, it's like, it's like not, pituitary gland. He's not in the story. It's Crawford Tillinghast. Oh, yeah, yeah. you are basically written in as the other person in the lab okay that's cool things go sideways and it's not easy to write up the character second person story you are basically living within shoots the resonator as monsters start to appear saving the world but crawford till the guest dies that's okay basic it's like seven pages how does imdb that was a pretty short and succinct also it stars the guy who is also in dawn of the dead right yeah yeah. It, it, it what, what was his name? Bubba Brownlee. It's Ken mm-hmm. Forey, right? But yeah, his character who we know and love from Dawn of the Dead. Because Dawn of the Dead's my uh, favorite dead. How about a group Other of than scientists? Grateful. <laughs> no, uh, a group of scientists <laughs> have developed the Resonator, a machine which allows whoever is within range to see beyond normal perceptible reality. But when the experiment succeeds, they are immediately attacked by terrible life forms. Yeah, which is vague. But this if you watch really if, if you describe. watch last week's movie with us, it's the same type of thing. Like half, like a little bit human and a little bit the alien from Alien, and a little bit insect. Lovecraft. Whole lot of gross. Lovecraft. Um, you ask a question and I didn't answer it. This came out in '86 and Hellraiser came out in '87. Oh, so I guess Hellraiser. Hellraiser's a little bit like this. So. I just want to say that this movie definitely, because I know we're going to do the archive for me later or whatever, but this movie is prime Lovecraft and plays with a lot of Lovecraftian themes, which is there's a world so much larger than we are able to perceive or understand. Mm-hmm. And through science, we're able to get a glimpse of it. And then that glimpse either crazily distorts our bodies and our minds or, or makes us absolutely crazy, which happens to all of it. So... It either kills us, which it does to Ken Forey's character, mm-hmm. kills him, boom. Uh, <laughs> it drives us fucking crazy, like it does to the, Barbara Crampton's right? character. Hashtag, Remember her name? Uh, Hashtag Moose Knuckle. Most beautiful person ever. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> sure do appreciate that one. So next time on Cindy and... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on Josh and Barbara Crampton, talk about movies. Uh, and then, or it... it, it completely deforms and alters your body like it does to Dr. Pretorius and Crawford Tillinghast. Which I think it's interesting that the two scientists, because Barbara Crampton is, she's a doctor, but she's a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. They're like scientists, like classical, you know, laboratory scientists. Okay, not of the mind. Um, So it's interesting that they're the ones that become deformed and evil. I know I said I'm very loud. So... I don't know much about H.P. Lovecraft because he's a Nazi and I don't care. He wasn't a Nazi. Uh huh. Would, would he have approved he of really racist of um, the black police officer in this movie? Yeah, because he died. <laughs> Lovely. Anyway, 
there's something to be said. There's a few things that my history nerd self can say. The first is that there's an anthropological theory that says that the Native Americans did not see the incoming ships of Whitey until they had already docked because their brain couldn't process what that was. And so it just ignored it. Kind of like the way that your eyes ignore your nose. It just kind of ignored it. And it's a theory, and uh, I don't know if it can be proven or not proven, but it's an interesting thing that you just don't see what you can't process. So that kind of falls into that. And then there's this other idea, um, and and this is um, what we're going to call a Cindy theory, that most men of science throughout history are assholes who fuck things up. I think um, I think Louis Pasteur would disagree with you. No, he would probably agree with me if he learned that, like... He'd be, like, um, swigging milk and being one, like, nah. No, one of the pieces of radium, I'm going to get this story wrong, but it was like under a glass dome <laughs> and uh, a scientist, and a male scientist was trying to measure it. And so he had like the dome propped up with like a pencil <laughs> and didn't understand when the pencil rolled out, you know, and it boom, like, oh, I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah. Or um, we can always talk about the archaeologists and how they destroyed uh, work rather than let the other person find it, and so on and so forth. That people, it, it's part of that absolute power corrupts absolutely. So if you are on the verge of a scientific breakthrough, you have to be a person of a different type of character to not get drunk with that power. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I, and I think... Both characters, like Dr. Pretorius from the beginning of the movie, like mm-hmm. we only see him very briefly. When well, he is we not, see his head a bunch, but yeah, yeah, like, but the very, very, very beginning of the movie, we see him as fully human with some sort of like empathy, right. even though that empathy he's losing it from spending so much time around that resonator and experiencing the world beyond. But you do get an arc with. Both Crawford Tillinghast mm-hmm. and his, he doesn't want the resonator turned on. And then he's the more time he spends around it, where he's the already worst. been around it, right. it, his pineal gland extends and comes out of his head. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the penis that you were talking about. Yep. And once that is out of his head, he perceives the world in a different way. Once he's he following his penis rather than his real brain. Exactly. Oh, it's almost like we're moving into a theme. Hmm. Right? Well, And yeah. what? how does this movie culminate and end? With the destruction of a woman who is a professional. Yeah. Right? The This whole movie is two scientists who can't check their ego, create something that takes them beyond where we're supposed mm-hmm. to go, the limits of our, what we're supposed to experience. They... And then they draw other people into it. And as a result, the person of color is killed right. by said machine. And then the woman is driven mad, first into a sex object, <laughs> yeah. and then ultimately crazy and loses her mind. She mm-hmm. survives. She's the only one that survives. But she is ultimately fundamentally broken forever right. by her madness. Wouldn't you be? I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying right. like that is what we're playing with thematically. So is that... Movie. Yeah. Okay. Def- yeah, I can see that. I don't think... This is Barbara Crampton's favorite movie she's ever done, by the way. Did you ask her? Uh, no. Um, she's very vocal about it. Oh. She's like, it's, you know, it's one of the few times where they're like, could you play 
a character who thinks and is important. Not just screaming. And, and has like an arc and is kind of the good guy and kind of the bad guy, depending, like goes back and forth, as opposed to, hey, Barbara, can you just take your titties out and walk around? Right. and like in Traffic Mall. But boy, oh boy, that BDSM scene where she wears <laughs> that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was. They had to build that especially for her. They kept trying to find. That is a direct, but this is the first time I've ever seen this movie, but it's not the first time I'm familiar with a red rim of pain. <clears throat> so uh, I... Stop airing our personal business. <laughs> no, what I'm, what I'm saying, I'm trying to think who wrote those Fifty Shades of Grey novels. She must have seen this movie. So the doctor's a little bit of a freak, a freak. And but she's not. She's a prude until she's around. No, no, the the um, the guy, the, oh, the scientist. I think it's the same thing. He was a kind of the resonator made, made him right. It kind of took all emotion and feeling. Let's dive in. Can we do the archive and we'll just because I think we'll hit a lot talking about that. Oh uh, yeah. So <laughs> Samuel Zarkov's method of the acronym using his last name to create the perfect exploitation movie. A stands for action. Yeah. Yeah, right this away. It has a very fast opening. The movie starts with the scientist's death. Or, well, his head, discovery. His head gets ripped off. Right. Uh, revolutionary? So, that's my question. Is yeah. this a revolutionary idea? Or were there other Lovecraftian there stories were, before there this? There are other Lovecraftian movies. But prior to this, Lovecraft, and even like, because this is the second Lovecraft adaptation that Stuart Gordon had done in a row. What was the other one? It was, he did, uh, he did Reanimator first. And Reanimator is more of a classical movie. I'm looking around because I know you have a Reanimator I, something or another somewhere. It's I a figure, I, don't you? Oh, I have a Reanimator Jeffrey Combs figure. That yeah. Um, <laughs> I just say you don't have it, don't you? It's like, I don't have a... I thought you meant a poster. I don't have a reanimator poster or anyone. But it, it's you very classical. It's actually one of the more um, basic, easy to follow. I mean, it's fun, but it doesn't go as crazy as From Beyond does. All right. So I think this movie does check Revolutionary because it's pre-Hellraiser. And it, this movie is fucking crazy. Agreed. Uh, Killing. Yeah. Yep. Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pretorius. Uh, and then I would even say watching um, his assistant grow his little gland and all that. Like, they're not being killed. They're being dismembered and turned and changing. Yeah. And that was, that was the sound it made. It was like... Gross. It was like slapping around on his forehead. Gross. Oratory. Humans are such easy prey. <laughs> Are there famous lines or from he, this movie? Humans make such easy prey. Yeah, that's a line. That's a line. So oratory, yes. Uh, fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 100%. And then fornication. They Big sure do. They, there's this massive mansion that this takes place in. And the scientist helper. Uh, what is his actor? What's his name in the movie? The scientist helper. The Jeffrey Combs. Character? Yeah, Jeffrey Crawford Tillinghast. I will Tillinghast. never get tired of saying the name Crawford Tillinghast. Crawford Tillinghast. Um, so it's this massive mansion, and you the story is that Crawford lives there with the scientist, Doctor Pretorius, creating this thing, and he has a room because he says that he can hear the doctor and his like his sex play and stuff. However. When he is brought to 
to the mansion. They don't put him, and like he he is very sick, and he's you know he passes out. They don't put him in his room. They don't put him in a bedroom. They put him in the red room of pain because of course, and lay him on a fuck couch. Well, there's a reason for that. So that they can get Barbara Crawford in. No, Barbara Crampton. I can no prize this. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. There's two bedrooms. One of them was being taken by Bubba Brownlee, and the other one was Barbara Crampton's character. So the only logical other space that had a couch or bed was the second. I don't, but I do not believe that that house had two bedrooms. It it probably didn't. It probably had several bedrooms, but they probably were all for storage Mm -hmm. or extra shit, whatever. Like clearly one of them had turned into a a big fuck room, big fuck pad. But that's my no prize to justify like. There, they were like, "There's a flat surface here, and we're not putting this crazy, <laughs> newly bald, psychotic person in the bed I'm sleeping in." Yeah, he has no, to go no, on the no, fuck no, couch. No, 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 we'll put him on the red fuck couch. Give me trivia about this movie because I'm sure there's plenty. Uh, Maybe from would you say '87, and it's pretty well liked. Yeah, this movie is not nearly. Well, I'll say not nearly. It's not as popular as Reanimator, but it's up there. Did Reanimator? When did that come out? Uh, I think the year before. Okay. I think because you have to keep in mind, Stuart Gordon did, it was like three in a row. So he had a theater background. He did like a lot of experimental and provocative theater. And then (laughs) provocative theater. Like the kind of plays that he put on that the police would come and shut down. (laughs) Or like the school would threaten to kick him out if he kept doing shit like that. However, he did Reanimator based off of the the short story by H.P. Lovecraft. And it was such a hit that they immediately went in and started doing this. And he did this and mm-hmm. Dolls, which you watch back in January. Yep. At the they, basically, they overlap shooting. Like he did them like he he pulled a uh, not only back to back but kind of over top. He of did a Back to the Future two and three. Only yeah. like and you see what that did to Michael J. Fox. <laughs> too soon. Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> no, no. So Dr. Pretorius's character is named after Dr. Septimus Pretorius. Septimus Prime. Who was Henry Frankenstein's mentor and teacher who was kind of the baddie who helped turn Frankenstein bad. Which is very much the relationship that he has to Crawford Tillinghast in this movie. Yeah. So there you go. That goes back to the theory we were talking about. Okay. Uh, also, Dr. Block, who was played by Carolyn Purdy Gordon. What's the last name? Carolyn Purdy Gordon. Purdy Gordon. Oh, Gordon's wife. Yes, she's in the yes, she yes, plays yes. the doctor. Uh, she's she's named Doctor Block. She plays. Um, she's wearing scrubs, but she works in the um, psychiatric ward, and she's not very uh, not very empathetic to the situation, isn't she? She's Carolyn Purdy Gordon. That's how she. Rolls. That's just how she is, man. Yeah. She's named after Robert Block, the author of the novel Psycho. Who was a friend of H.P. Lovecraft. Ah. Yeah. The leather dominatrix outfit that we spoke so highly of. <laughs> so that... And by we, you mean you. That, they basically tried to buy one off the rack and find one that they liked and also fit her. So they had to make it. So the plan was, because they shot this, I believe, in Italy? So, okay. Because that's where they shot dolls, was at that place in Italy. So the plan... <laughs> They were he going just keeps to. Giggling, you guys. They were in California. They were in Los Angeles, and they were going to buy her this leather dominatrix outfit, and then 
just Twirls. pack it in her luggage and make her- <laughs> and have her take it with her. Boop. All right. To Italy, but they couldn't find. They even went to the famed pleasure chest, which is the big sex Ooh, store in yeah. Los Angeles. But they ultimately had to make it for her right by the uh, uh, costuming department, and she kept it and ended up selling it in a yard sale. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, someone was like, "I'll buy that." Was that person you? No. I, <laughs> if I if I did, it would be like framed and hanging, and I, I would have her sign it. Weirdo. It's a piece of movie history. I think you'll find this interesting because it brings up something I never really considered. What's that? Mostly because I'm a man. Okay, let's see if I've done it. However, in 2016, an interviewer asked Barbara Crampton if her 13 year old daughter and 14 year old son had seen this movie or any of her earlier films. And she said, no, but my son's friends have seen all my stuff on the internet. And they're like, dude, your mom's naked and in black leather. And my son's like, mom, you should have told me and my friends before we saw it. And I'm like, oh, man, okay, okay, okay. So from then on, she decided to show her kids all of her movies and then preface it by being like, so I'm going to be naked. In right. <laughs> it's just a really big, that's a very American thing, isn't it? No one in Europe... Really, like nobody else really cares about nudity the way that we do. It's a little obsessive. Yeah. Um, and speaking of nudity, she did and, look and, good. And Barbara Crampton. So everyone, the, all the financiers and everyone basically who bankrolled the movie did not want her in the part. Why not? Because she was super like, hot. Not like hot, attractive. I mean, she was, but <laughs> she was a big commodity. Well, they thought she was a too screen queen. Like, she's too young. She's too young to be a psychiatrist. Well. Which she kind of is, to have gone all the way through and be like a licensed And to be working with the police like that. Yeah. But it also, having her that young explain some of the, some of the, what we call the silly mistakes. Well, and that's why he put the line into the thing where they, his wife, Carolyn Purdy Gordon, refers to her as the, the young hotshot. Yep. Like, she just flew through school because he loved Barbara Crampton and was like no I I planned this movie around her and Jeffrey and her and Jeffrey are doing the movie excellent so that's a thing kept her in a job yeah Uh, and Stuart Gordon did something that I think more people should do for this movie so he made use of medical advisors and had them be on set to make sure that the doctors and nurses of the film followed proper medical procedures except for his wife so, no, <laughs> I, to be fair, I have met with a lot of doctors who are cold and kind of a dick to me. Fair. So that's not something that I found to be incredibly new. Uh, it was filmed in Italy with an Italian crew, and <laughs> it cost about $2.5 million. Okay. So it was shot on a soundstage that Dino De Laurentiis had built, but Ooh, had been seized by not paying his taxes. So it must have been Italy then. So Charles Band bought right? it. Yeah. Charles Band bought it, and then he used it for a few years, and then I think he lost it because his fortunes turned. Yay! So, this movie. This I, movie. I just want to take a second before we start winding down. All right. And give a special shout out to, to someone that we didn't mention at the top of the episode. We talked about the director and the writer and H.P. Lovecraft and the actors because they're all fucking awesome. But I failed to mention John Carl Beekler. John Carl Beekler. Yeah. So John okay. Carl Beekler was an effects guy who did the effects for this movie, Dolls, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Halloween 4, The Hatchet movies. He 
directed and did the effects for Friday 7, which was Friday 13th, uh, The New Blood. And by all reports, like a super lead, like it's just a super fucking nice guy. Okay. Who was just the best. The best. And I believe he got, well, I don't believe, I, I want to say it was cancer. Okay. Oh. He had cancer. And it broke my heart because he did all these movies and was so beloved by the film community and had to do a, like, GoFundMe, I think. Oh, or man. Like that to raise money to cover his medical expenses. That's America, man. If I'm remembering this, I may be off base, but I think it was like a GoFundMe. And a lot of his friends were able to raise money and whatnot, and I, he lost his battle with cancer. Gosh. But it just breaks my heart that, like, John Carbickler, who was such a fucking nice guy, couldn't uh, afford had to rely on fans. And that's kind of what we're here for, in a way. But, like, the system failed him. And he was such, by all counts, a super nice guy and did a really great effects work. Like, some of the monsters in this movie. They're pretty cool. Fucking crazy. For, and he did it for, had to be for no money. Oh, well, and not right. only no money, but also no. I mean, a lot of the eight, a lot of the stuff that we watch behind the scenes, they say, you know, in the eight, in the early 80s, it was all like starting from scratch. Like, no one's done this before. How are we going to make this happen? And everything had to be built and to be on camera. Right. Because you couldn't do a whole lot, you know, in post. And I think you look at the effects for this movie, him and Mark Showstrom did a lot of the stuff with the monster when it eats Crawford Tillinghast, and then he Crawford crawls out. Oh, yeah. It's this whole, like, goulash. Yes. Both bodies intertwined, and it's fucking gross, and it's fucking awesome. Ugh, and gross. from the bottom of my heart, wherever the energy or whatever that used to be John Carl Brickley swirling. He's um, swirling in the heavens. I love you, and we all love you, and your yeah. work is eternal. So thank you for that. So, <laughs> would I watch this again? Probably. This was an, a decent movie. I do not think I would watch it with my kids. I would watch it again right now with your kids. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't. I don't know. I I just feel. I don't know. It would make me uncomfortable. I don't. I mean, I think the one scene maybe, but I'm trying to think of what else would be. I think it'd be more like I'd be less apt to watch this with your youngest child because the the oddness of this movie I think would fuck with him. Yeah, he'd just be like, I don't understand what is happening. <laughs> what is it's happening? Making me and he would just remember the images of those. Yeah. But what yeah. are we watching next week? We're continuing with H.P. Lovecraft. We theme. are. And what are we doing? Uh, we're gonna watch The Resurrected, directed by Dan O'Bannon. I can't. I can't Dan wait O'Bannon. to talk about Dan O'Bannon. Super excited. Okay. Well. From the Ozarks. On oh, that new TV show that's out? No, he's from the Ozarks. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you like a modern day Mark. <laughs> Save it. Okay. <laughs> well then, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yeah.